Activism isn't about being loud, it's about making a meaningful change. I'm a catalyst for change. Catalyst for change. I saw what was happening to our planet and the injustice of climate change. I was like, wow, I'm an activist at heart. Combining art and activism to inspire change. I had to find my place in activism as a young black woman. I realized you're never too small to take action. You have ideas for what a climate resilient future looks like. Protecting the environment isn't a wise people's thing. It's something for everyone. I wanted to learn about how inequality, poverty and gender intersect. Intersectional feminism is important to discuss. Now people are joining me and we're making change. I had to learn to trust my abilities and understand that my voice mattered. I proved to myself what I could do. Change needs to start with you and me. Youth are leading. Welcome to Youth Tell All a homegrown South African podcast sharing stories of young people taking action to create a more sustainable, inclusive, and equitable future for all. My name is Sibusiso Mazomba, and I'm an intersectional climate activist focused on climate justice for grassroots communities. In today's episode, we'll be hearing from Almaz Moodley. Almaz is a 15-year-old high school student from Johannesburg who describes herself as a youth activist and debater with a specific interest in climate change and bridging the gap between the arts, sciences, and technology to find solution. This is Almaz from the Youth Tell All podcast. Growing up, I was obsessed with South African animals. Going to the zoo with my brother and my father was one of my favorite pastimes. So much so that I received a free ticket to Johannesburg Zoo only to discover a few years later that my father bought a free pass so we didn't have to brace the queues every single time we went. This is my earliest memory of caring about the environment. As I grew up, I started to question the ethics of keeping animals in cages versus the learning experiences that it brought to children. This is my earliest memory of being an activist. When I started to realize that it was time for me to choose between what is easy and what is right, if I can quote Dumbledore. <laughs> My formal activism began when I was 11 with a science project to design an eco-friendly lunchbox. I was alarmed to find that a large portion of my community did not have access to sustainable food insulation under the hot African sun. I set out to design the best cooler box for South Africans from all socioeconomic backgrounds. I called it the ultimate lunchbox. <laughs> The ultimate cooler was made completely out of styrofoam and tinfoil, upcycled from landfills. This made my prototype cheap, accessible, and carbon negative. I pored over basic physics books and videos to find the most effective insulation layer for my cooler. And I found that it was a mere vacuum of air. After testing the ultimate cooler, I found it to be more effective than the everyday expensive lunchbox. I won a bronze medal at the International Science Fair for my efforts. <laughs> Creating the ultimate cooler showed me that no matter how small your project may be, as long as you're passionate and have the well-being of people at heart, you'll never be wrong. It also encouraged me to be confident in my own ideas because sometimes the answers are simple and just need an open mind to see them through. But I think my aha moment was understanding that by solving food storage, I inadvertently tackled food wastage, food security, climate change, and poverty. I realized how interconnected many issues we face today are, especially climate change. I was inspired to help solve climate change because I thought it could be a catalyst for meaningful social change. 
Unfortunately, I've discovered that youth voices aren't always taken seriously in these contexts. Over the past two years, I've had the privilege of conversing with the youth across South Africa as we've united to learn about climate change together. We have offered our voice to the conversation through SIA. I see that when we, the youth, speak to one another, we can make complex ideas simple. This allowed us to see the problems clearly and innovate to find a new policy philosophy. One of the most exciting moments as an activist for me was in April 2021 when young people from all over South Africa gathered virtually to develop South Africa's first ever youth climate action plan that we call the SAY cap. I've had the great privilege of being one of the high school liaisons for the YCAP and representing high school students all over South Africa. The high school liaison set out on an online climate change roadshow to gather high school input for the YCAP. The SA YCAP coordinators held us to high standards and uh, we were sent back to the drawing board more than seven times. <laughs> we started to question how we could really get the roadshow on the road. And it was, crucial. it was crucial for us to have a don't give up mentality and channel our frustration into creating new and better ideas to improve our roadshow. The SAYCA process took place completely online and the bulk of it was completed during the third wave. In the repetitive cycle of working completely online the whole day, the SAYCA provided an escape from the lockdown monotony for me. Some days I was facilitating, some days I was trying to find elegant words for the WICAP policy. But contributing to the WICAP was extremely rewarding because we were trying to solve the world's biggest problem, and I was learning from my peers. I learned so many skills as an unintended consequence. I became a better writer, I began to socialize with many people of different cultures around South Africa. As a high school liaison of the South African Youth Climate Action Plan, we organized a national model parliament and a climate change stories open mic. Students from all over South Africa came together to debate their climate change opinions in the high school's roadshow virtual model parliament. I chaired the model parliament debate and it was daunting for me to chair at the tender age of 14 when all the youth normally chair the debates. <laughs> Being one of the youngest coordinators of the SAY cap, I learned that you're never too small to take action and the most important part in success is not talent or experience. I think it's simply just always volunteering and putting your best foot forward. Mm -hmm. I started to realize that I didn't get all of these amazing climate change activism opportunities because I was a great writer or a great speaker or I had great ideas. I realized that it was because I just volunteered. And I think even more than the climate change jargon that I learned along the way, the main thing that I learned from climate change activism is to have courage and to actually voice my opinion. Because I think that by just volunteering, you're already getting half the work done. Over the past two years, I've had, I found joy in immersing myself in dilemmas such as the youth rights dilemma that society faces. I hope that all youth can find passion in a cause that they love or find passion in fighting for the people. Because on the gloomy days when the end of a long-winded climate change campaign is nowhere in sight. It was my passion that kept me going. I definitely think that I didn't always have a passion for climate change, but I always had a passion for innovation. And I think that I definitely have FOMO, and I was definitely that girl that joined every single club in school. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I think that 
this was a blessing in disguise for me because it helped me find my entry point in some of the topical issues that we the youth are going to face. And for me, I think it was innovation for climate change. Over the past year, I've had many triumphs and many struggles. And making my case to big business and government, I remember a particular week a few months ago when I spoke of the launch of the Lancet Countdown on Climate Change, the World Health Summit in Berlin, COP26, played a piano exam, played at the Johannesburg Junior Inter High. And at the end of the week, my mom asked me what I actually learned because uh, I also wrote an article and she asked me what I learned from the article. And I couldn't remember what I actually wrote. And I think from that point on, I realized that activism is not about making your voice loud. It's about making meaningful change. Many people talk about climate change and the culture change needed for climate change. But I think that change needs to start with you and me. These past few months, I've made a point to make meaningful connection with my own community. And I'm really excited to start a community gardens project in the new year with my new goal to start practicing the recommendations I advocate for. To heal our world, we need a culture change, and that's going to be a steady but productive system change. We need to look at our roots and find our values that can govern our actions every day so we don't get lost like our leaders have today. And I think those values for me was definitely not giving up, striving to be the best person I can be, and just innovating. But this all starts, I think, as I said, with me and you. The failure of world leaders today has shown me that as much as we can advocate for change, the real power lies with the people. So I think we need to focus on the culture change that needs to happen in each one of us. I see a bright future ahead, and I think we just need to work together with a clear goal. I think issues like climate change can be an opportunity. Environmental researchers and activists have already begun to explore solutions. On our quest to find a healthier planet, I think we could open up whole new fields of science, and that's what I'm looking forward to. Thank you. Almaz, what an incredible story, and I can't believe you're only 15. We could spend all day talking, but I'm more curious about three things. First, something that really struck me in your story was when you said, we do not need to make our voices loud, we need to make meaningful change. What does meaningful change mean to you? And how does this relate to the culture change that you spoke about? I think that when we look at the issues that we've faced in the past, for example, racism, from a system standpoint, there's not much left of racism in constitution, but it's so ingrained in our culture that we still have racism issues. So I think that we need to implement and look at the lessons that we've learned in the past and implement these lessons when we're looking to solve climate change. As much as us youth can write declarations and hope that people will read it, that's only going to solve one part of the climate dilemma. For myself, I think making a meaningful change was not only debating and giving talks, but also looking at the culture change we need for climate change and focusing on making changes in people's lives rather than always writing a typical declaration. That's such an interesting perspective. And, you know, what I caught on to was that you know, what so much of what you spoke about revolved around using science and technology to find solutions to the climate crisis. How important is it to include young people in this process? And what do you think it is that young people bring in terms of design and finding solutions? 
I think that it's important for youth to be included in all sectors. And I think science is definitely one of those sectors that youth are really not included. And most of the time, it's because people think that we aren't educated enough. And I think this raises a bigger question of how we actually change science to maybe make it more inclusive to youth, maybe looking at how the arts can also intersect with the sciences. So I think that science expos are definitely one of the better ways that we can bring youth into the space, but there's definitely much more to talk about. Most definitely. And I think, you know, the arts perspective of it is something that we really need to interrogate in your, as young people, because so many of us are passionate about art. And so that is really, you know, a good vehicle to think about. And then I have to ask, you do so many different things. How do you keep it all together? And how do you keep yourself from burning out? I think for me, what really helps me is not looking at all the different activities that I really enjoy doing as separate things and rather looking at each one aiding the other. For example, when I I love doing all this climate activism work and learning about climate change and sometimes I have the privilege of learning about the climate science which many people don't have the opportunity to. So I'd like to see it as rather helping my schoolwork. Right now I'm learning about climate change and geography so I think that some of my activities really complement my schoolwork and um, other activities that I do. And I'm definitely very grateful for all the opportunities that I do have. I think enjoying the extracurriculars and all the different opportunities that many youth don't get, but I have the privilege of immersing myself in, has really helped me get through it. Amaz, thank you so much for joining us today. Good luck with everything you're working on, and we can't wait to see what creative design you come up with next to help tackle the climate crisis. Thank you, Sibusiso. I really enjoyed being here. That's all we have time for today, friends. Join us next time to hear more stories of youth making changes in their communities. The Youth Tell All podcast is a production from Youth at Sire, the youth programs at the South African Institute for International Affairs. Youth at Sire is focused on giving a voice to young Africans to tackle the major issues that confront them while building capacity to engage with policymakers at national, regional and international levels. Youth at Sire empowers youth with the skills to become the continent's leaders with a commitment to co-creation and collaboration, inclusivity, decolonization, social justice and intersectionality. Our broader thematic areas cover climate change, gender, education, employment and sustainable and regenerative futures. This series has been made possible with the financial support of the European Union's Partnership Instrument and the German Federal Ministry for the Environment, Nature, Conservation and Nuclear Safety through the International Climate Initiative. The opinions expressed are the sole responsibility of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of the funders. This episode was produced by Kiara Wirth and Desiree Koshulik in collaboration with Solid Gold Podcast Studios. The Youth at Sire leadership team includes Desiree Koshuluk, Didebojo Libia, Lucille Nayadu, and Idumeleng Mpure. Story development has been done by Kiara Wirth. If you have a story to share or want to learn more about our podcast, our programs, or how to get involved in youth activism, head over to our website, sire.org.za slash youth. That's S-A-I-I-A dot org dot Z-A slash youth. Youth at Sire is across social media sites too. So find us wherever you are. Thanks for listening. And until next time, remember, 
Youth are leading.